Uh, Father, we turn to you. You are our greatest treasure. You are our greatest love in our lives, God. And Lord, we want to turn to you. Even as we admit these things, even as we say these things, we ask, Lord, that you would help us to really believe these things. We know, Lord, uh, that in us resides some sort of a heart of faith, some semblance of faith somewhere. And we ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will be at work to make it bigger, to make it brighter, and to help us, Lord, to really cling to you and to seek you with all of our hearts, God. We want to be wholehearted in our devotion towards you, and we ask, Lord, that you would help us in this. Would you help us by changing our hearts? Would you help us, Lord, by reordering the love of our hearts? Would you help us first, Lord, by receiving the word that you have for us, by helping us, Lord, to be open enough to receive it and to admit uh, where we're at in our lives, Lord, where we're at with this word. Would you guide us in all of your wisdom? Would you help us, Lord, to have open ears to hear you and open hearts to receive what you have to say? Would you help us in our sensitivity towards one another to encourage one another and not to tear each other down, but to really push each other to greater faith in you? Be with us, Lord, and help us to love you more. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, some of you guys know my family, it, we've kind of been in this perpetual state of moving for quite a long time, you know, of moving house. Um, I don't know if any, any, any of you guys are like this when you guys move house, uh, but you know when you're moving and everything is kind of packed away in boxes, you know, it's really hard to find exactly what you're looking for in that moment, you know, because you can't really go digging through every single box. We actually have everything in storage in our garage as well, and so we really can't go looking for whatever we need. Uh, but my wife, Bora, and I, we made sure to keep uh, something of Jonas's out in the open, unpacked and available right away. Okay, so Jonas is our little uh, one-year-old son. Uh, he loves this little disc projector thing so much. It's one of these things that you see on screen right there. I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but you like switch on the lights, and there's like a little projection image, and he loves this thing, you know? Sometimes, like, he's actually woken up in the middle of the night, 3 a.m. in the middle of the night, and he won't go back to sleep until we show him this thing. You know, we have to be careful in case he hears the sound of this Ziploc bag that we keep this thing in, because if he hears it, if he's about to fall asleep, he'll suddenly, like, his eyes will light up. It's like he's had, like, 10 cups of coffee, and then he'll point his chubby little finger at us, and he'll command us, right now, put on that light. <laughs> I'm not going to sleep until you put on that. He's like a little terrorist, you know? He's making these demands. A few nights ago, and even last night, actually, um, we had a pretty big day where we were moving a few nights ago. We were organizing, we were doing all this stuff, and so we couldn't really give Jonas all the attention that he craves. And also, things ran a little bit late. And so at night, we're giving him his bath, we're preparing him for bedtime, you know, trying to wind things down. Unfortunately, the moment his feet hit the bath, he was already crying. You know, he was already in a really sour mood because he was so tired. He wanted to go to sleep, but he didn't know how to put himself to sleep. So he's inconsolable at this point. You know, from the moment that he got put in the bath to the time when we move him over, we're putting lotion on him, we're putting clothes on him. Nothing we're saying is working. You know, nothing that we're trying to do is working until he hears these magic words. I'm afraid to say it in case he's asleep right now. No, he's not? Okay, he's okay. He hears these magic words, which I'll still say quietly in English in case, you know, he wakes up right now and looks for it. He's, he's like, you want to see the lights? And then suddenly, it's like, you know, he stopped crying. He's always snot is back in his nose. 
He likes this disprojected thing so much that sometimes he'll be sitting on the bed, he'll be bouncing up and down in excitement and pointing. He's craning his neck all the way back as we're pointing at the ceiling and making these like, ooh, ooh, like these little noises because he's so happy. And as he keeps looking up, he'll fall over backwards and do this little panda roll thing in his excitement to see his favorite thing. Now, for us today, what are you falling over yourself to go after in life? And you're probably not exactly like my one-year-old son. You know, you're not bouncing up and down in excitement because you're excited to get something. But the things that we base our, our lives around, it's probably a little bit different. It's not as obvious when we get older. As we get older and older, we might even hide our desires for certain things because we don't want to be judged for them. We don't want to reveal to one another what it is that we're after in our lives. So what do you spend money on? What do you find yourself thinking about very often? Because this is where your heart is. These are the things that you treasure. Now, unfortunately, we're a little bit like pirates when it comes to this type of treasure, okay? Where do pirates keep their treasure? They bury it somewhere, they keep it hidden, they don't tell anyone about it, they have a little treasure map that only they can figure out because they don't want to lose their treasure. They don't want anyone else to find out about it. We don't even want to admit some of the things that we love could be our treasure. Like, we don't want people to think, yeah, this is definitely the treasure in their lives because our hearts know that when we admit this, it might result in us losing our treasure somehow. Those who were at Friday night prayer about a month ago, and you might have heard one of our ministry directors, she was sharing about how, as a child, she didn't want to pray and ask God for certain things, certain material things that she really wanted in her life, because she worried that if she did ask God, God would know how much she wanted this thing, and if God knew how much she treasured it more than she loved God, she feared that he would never give it to her. So I feel like that's a bit of a catch-22 situation. If you're not asking for it anyway, you're not going to get it, right? But this is when she was a child. But how many of you know that we're still like this in a lot of ways? We still like to keep things hidden. God already knows what the treasures of our heart is, right? Like, you know this. God already knows what the treasures in our hearts are. We can't hide it by refusing to say aloud what it is or by not even admitting to ourselves that we love something so much. He knows. It makes no sense for us not to admit this. Proverbs 2 reads this. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, listening closely to wisdom and directing your heart to understanding, furthermore, if you call out to insight and lift your voice to understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. Christians, this is the God that we say that we love, that we say that we trust, that we say that we follow. If you don't know him this way yet, look again at these words from Proverbs. Look at what we're told to do. Look at how we're told to do it. And then look at the result that comes about. It's so logical it's very satisfying, right? Like, it's like a flowchart or a maths equation because you have certainty. It gives us assurance that we will discover the knowledge of God if we go about this task. 
but there's a lot in our lives that we go after. More than him that we treasure that just don't work this way. We put everything that we want, everything that we have into this thing, whatever this treasure is in your life, we feel like we'll be truly happy. We feel like we'll be truly fulfilled if we only have, or fill in the blank for yourself. And yet it's always either just out of reach or you're on to the next thing. The allure of earthly treasure is undeniable. There's something intoxicating about gaining something. Like during COVID, I've done a lot of online shopping and there's something about it arriving and you're like, oh, it worked. <laughs> there's this feeling of ownership that you have about this thing in our lives, about getting what we want. And so of course, this is a struggle that affects us just as it affects our children. The little disc projector things. Some of the discs are actually quite blurry and just really low quality. We ordered, a, we ordered it online from somewhere and it's just really low quality for some reason. I don't know why. One disc that he really liked went missing for quite a while. You know, Boro was asking me, do you know where it is? And I had no idea. And then as we're moving house, we find it underneath the changing table. It's just been hidden there all this time. Things he once loved become stale or become lost or he even just gets tired of it after a little while. Even his favorite songs that we depended upon at one point suddenly become not his favorite songs anymore. He listened to them endlessly, now he gets really annoyed and he does this weird thing. I don't know where he learned this. He's like pointing at us and like, he's not quite snapping his fingers, but he's like, change it right now. He's commanding us. Yeah, I'm looking at the dads over here. I feel like they really understand. All right, this is a child's version of what we as adults go through. We go through this as well. Whether in terms of our own preferences or in terms of what simply rusts over time or is destroyed over time, even in our elevation of objectively good things in our lives to ultimate status, we put them in the place that should be reserved for God. Read with me, Matthew 6. Don't store for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Why bother with treasures here on earth where things disappear so quickly, so easily? In an instant, it could all be gone if a thief comes or as things just rot away. None of the women in my family have wedding rings anymore, have engagement rings because they're all stolen. I don't know how this happens for, to all the women in the house. I don't know if my dad has his stolen as well. But things just kind of disappear. If you've ever packed things away into storage for a long time, or if you've been like me and you've been in this perpetual state of moving and things are in cardboard boxes, you might know this. If you pack stuff away long enough, you'll realize that you probably don't need it. You probably don't miss it. You don't even notice that it's gone. And then you open up a box, you're like, oh yeah, I love this thing. I can't live without it. But the reality is, you literally have lived without it. For my family this year, more than ever, we know this to be true. 
Because some of the stuff that's been packed away for so long got affected by wet weather. And so it's molded, it's rotten away. We can't use it anymore. But we can have treasure in heaven. We can have a treasure that is untouchable, that is not gonna rot away. It's the treasure of eternal life, but not just eternal life, eternal life with God. It's a deeper love than you could ever imagine or receive here on earth. It's a true satisfaction for all eternity. These light projection discs, they're not gonna go for a walk with Jonas for the rest of his days. They aren't gonna be the light upon his path, the lamp upon his feet. They're gonna disappear. They're gonna run out of batteries. They're gonna get thrown out at some point. The clothes and the furniture that was so dear to me one day, they're not gonna warm me or keep me comfortable for very long when mold destroys them. Whatever it is in your life that you treasure above God will never truly satisfy you like our eternal God. You name it, it will never satisfy you like God. He is the God who knows you from beginning to end, who will never leave you nor forsake you, who loves you more than you could love whatever it is that you're chasing after. Philippians 3. But everything that was a gain to me, I've considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Because of him, I've suffered the loss of all things and considered them as dung so that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own from the law, but one that is through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. Let me ask again then, what are you falling over yourself to go after in life? What do you spend your money on? What occupies your thoughts when you have nothing else to do? There needs to be a willingness on our part to admit what our heart's treasure is, an openness to confess to one another, because without this, we run the risk of never truly knowing the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ. What is it that you live for? Is it money? Is it relationships? Is it status? The fact that Jesus can fall to the wayside to the point where we have no concern nor care about God outside of our Sunday attendance at church, and sometimes not even this, what do we actually allow to dictate our lives? Ask yourself that. The way you live already confesses your true treasure, even if your mouth doesn't. Now, truly treasuring Christ means that you can live by uncalculating generosity. Because you understand that nothing you have is yours anyway. That when you die, you're not gonna take your bank account with you, or your stuff, your house. When you say that you'll be more generous later, when, you, when you're making X amount of dollars, this is training you for the future. This is training you to not do that. This is training your heart to calculate and to take care of yourself first. So why would you take care of anyone else? This isn't the Christian ideal. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy. When Jesus says these things, he's demanding that his followers 
be wholehearted, not be half-hearted about following him. Our hearts aren't made for worldly things, so it's no wonder why we can't find true satisfaction in them, why we grow tired of them over time. If you say that you have Jesus, why do you act like you still don't have enough? So it's time to admit to yourselves, to all of ourselves, to our brothers and sisters around us, that there are things that we are treasuring in our lives. There are things that are buried deep in our hearts that we're keeping and that are also keeping our hearts from going fully to God. This is why we struggle in our relationship with him. It's not his fault. Now when we talk about this, I need to talk about the abuse of this as well because I don't want us to go in blindfolded. Sometimes I've heard in churches what hopefully are just well-meaning phrases, but probably aren't. Things like, you can't outgive God, so you should give more. Or talking about things like planting seed money that you'll reap back so much more with the expectation that you'll get more like an investment or something. I remember growing as a Christian and very early on in my journey, hearing these things and trying to just rationalize them theologically with whatever you know, early Christian mind that I had. But it just leaves a foul taste in my mouth now because it plays at something in our human desire when someone says these things. It stokes our hearts to go after idols rather than God. It's this greed that we have in our hearts to accumulate more and often it's used by profiteering false teachers. You can't outgive God makes it sound like God will give you back more than you've given no matter what you give. It's true in one sense, technically speaking, in terms of eternal life and the gifts beyond this world, but the way that some people say it, this phrase should never be used to give the impression that we're going to gain back more material wealth than what we sowed in. This is not the case. That's just prosperity preaching. If you've heard someone preach that, discard that message. Don't follow that person. This has nothing to do with the disciplines of generous giving or generous living. These are done without expectation that you're gonna get something back. God is more than capable of giving you anything that he desires, but there's no guarantee that he will. Don't be taken by the sweet talk of wolves in sheep's clothing. God isn't, you know, the stock market or crypto or whatever our greed will have us believe, okay? What Jesus is saying here doesn't mean that we should go about our daily lives with no care, though. Okay, this is the opposite end, right? Like, we feel like we should just not care about anything? No, this isn't the case. Doesn't mean that we shouldn't run our businesses well or our professions well. Doesn't mean that we should never make a profit it's worldliness that Jesus is opposing here, that he's staying to get away from. When you become consumed with profiting, when prospering becomes your focus, and you lose your entire sense of Christian values, it's about our attitude to possessions, not about the amount of possessions that you have. But when I say this, how does your heart respond? Do you get excited because you feel like you've received permission to accumulate more in your life? Pay very close attention to your heart at this point. 
Because people often take this passage and it's unpacking to either be a restriction or permission. But this is a very shallow understanding of this passage. It's too short-sighted for us here at New Life, right? We're too mature for this. This is between you and God. I can't check your heart for you, so be really honest with yourself and God here. What is your heart's desire when it comes to the treasures of this earth? Because God already knows, and this is grace as well, because he still loves you. Is the treasure of your life transient or eternal? Is the treasure of your life passing away, or is it here to stay? One way we can be set free from all the anxiety about the things of this earth, about possessions, about whatever we own, about our heart's desire for the treasures of this earth, is to pray the Lord's Prayer. You might remember this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. You'll notice that section is bolded. And forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Pray this prayer. We talked about this in May last year in the Teach Us to Pray series. When we pray and ask God to give us today our daily bread, we're committing all that we are, all that we need to God. We're trusting him. We're trusting that our Father in heaven will provide all that we need for us. And in fact, we have an incredible way to see this in action right here today in the communion. We're fed by God. We can turn to him in the communion and truly ask him to take the troubles of our hearts to reveal and to take away that which we treasure above him. So we might treasure him above all else. What is the communion? The communion is an act of remembrance. As we look into the past to see that God the Father even gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, surely he provides so much more than we could ever ask for or imagine. The communion is also our daily bread. It's our present day. For just as God's grace was what we needed for salvation, we continue to need his grace every day for a life of holiness. And the communion is a glimpse into the future as well. Together we participate in a glimpse of this future day that we hope in, the marriage supper of Jesus and the church at our Lord's great, uh, glorious return, when all that will perish will perish and the, all that is eternal will stand forever. Now here at New Life, normally we celebrate and participate together in the communion on the first Sunday of each month, but I was away last week. But here are the reading of the scripture. 1 Corinthians 11. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper and said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And this passage is a great reminder for us that it's Jesus who bears our sins. We come to the table under his righteousness, not our own. So if you call yourself a Christian, place your feelings of unworthiness aside so that you can approach the communion table under Christ's all-sufficient worthiness. 
And remember, the communion is a nourishment for us who feel unworthy, we who have been taken by the allure of the treasures of this earth. We're able to take time now to pray, to reflect, to examine ourselves, and to confess and repent before God, who gives us fresh opportunity to store up for ourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves don't break in and steal. Communion is also a great opportunity for us to welcome in new believers, those who have not yet received the Spirit to place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. If this is you, we ask that you do uh, participate in the communion and then you make yourselves known to us at the close of the service. Trust in Jesus for your salvation and pray to God. Now, New Life's ministry directors are going to come out.